So here we go. Thanks for uh, your prayers and your encouragement over the last uh, week or so, um, as I've been preparing for today. Um, preaching's part of my training, uh, counties that I've been doing, uh, evangelism training course. Um, so uh, it was a bit of a surprise that I was going to be asked to preach, but um, I thought I'd be just out doing uh, open air things and knocking on doors. But um, here we are standing up in front of you guys. <laughs> um, so just a, a brief, uh, just to paint the picture, we've been looking at Paul, we've been following the life of Paul. Uh, we see how he's had um, issues with people who followed Jesus, how he'd thrown them into prison. Um, he had them beaten up. Um, he'd even uh, been around when, the pe when uh, people had been killed. And one day Jesus revealed himself to Paul and he realized how great he was and he decided to go out and tell people about Jesus. Um, people didn't want to listen. Uh, people threw rocks at him. People beat him up and had him put into jail and they even tried to kill him. Um, but uh, Paul said he would happily be uh, beaten up and thrown into jail if it meant that more people would get to know about Jesus. Um, so that brings us up to where we are today. Uh, like Dad just said, Acts 25, which we'll read, we'll read now, Acts 25. Um, well, I'm going to start with uh, the last verse in chapter 24. Uh, when two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Festus. But because Felix wanted to grant a favour to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the priests and Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented the charges against Paul. They urgently requested Festus as a favour to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me and press charge against the man there, if he has done anything wrong. After spending eight or ten days with them, he went down to Caesarea, and the next day he con convened the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. When Paul appeared, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many serious charges against him, which they could not prove. Then Paul made his defence. I have done nothing wrong against the law of the Jews, or against the temple, or against Caesar. Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favour, said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me then on these charges? Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court, where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as you know yourself very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges against me by these Jews are not true, no one has a right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. After Festus had conferred with his council, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you will go. So there we go, basically, there's a new governor in town and uh, the Jews want to kill Paul. Um, so that's it, really. That's what I got out of this passage. And uh, <laughs> I was like, what am I gonna, where am I going to go from here? Um, so I read it and I read it again and I read it again and I read it again. And uh, well, we'll see what we've come up with. Um, so uh, we see Paul has been left in prison by Felix. Two years has gone by. 
and along comes Festus, who's the new governor. In verse 2, we read that the high priests and the other Jewish leaders met with Felix and were making accusations against Paul. So what were these accusations? And we, we, we see in Acts 21, verse 27, uh, when the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Men of Israel, help us. This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against our people and our law and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple area and defiled this holy place. Um, so that tells us why Paul was arrested. And then so we look in verse 8 of what we just read. Um, Paul says, I have done nothing wrong against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. So that, that explains uh, why, why Paul was in prison. Um, and verse, uh, verse 8 tells us that Paul's denied the charges. He says, I'm not guilty of crimes against the Jewish law. Um, so the Jewish leaders have got a, an issue with Paul. They didn't like the fact that Paul was... Uh, telling people about Jesus, you know, just like uh, we go out and tell people about Jesus. This is what the uh, the Jewish leaders didn't like Paul doing. Uh, they didn't care what Paul was doing uh, a couple of years earlier when he was uh, persecuting these followers of Christ. They didn't care about that. Um, they, But they've got issues with him telling people about Jesus, which is a bit crazy, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, so much so that they want to kill him. Um, in, uh, in chapter 8, verse 1, we read that um, Saul was there giving approval to his death, to the death of Stephen. Um, so that's how, how bad Paul was. He, he was giving, you know, he was, he was happy to see people killed for following Jesus. But now he's totally changed around, and he's the one that's possibly in trouble now for, for telling people about Jesus. So we see that the Jews were happy with their laws, but um, it, as we read in verse 3, they wanted to kill Paul. Um, they, were they were willing to break their own laws. We know that uh, the sixth commandment is do not murder, but they were happy to, uh, to break that commandment and to, uh, to, kill, to kill someone, you know, do not murder. Um, so you see, they don't like the light. They don't like Jesus. Jesus is the light. We read that in John chapter 3, verse 20. Um, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So we see that, that... the Jews didn't want to acknowledge Jesus because they were, they were doing things wrong and they, they didn't want their sins to be exposed. You know, if they accept Jesus, then they have to accept that they're sinners and they didn't want to do that. Um, you know, for the people, the, the, we, we are sinners, perhaps not, but, you know, we're not, we might all be as bad as these Jewish leaders. You know, we might want, want, want to uh, commit murder, but we, we all still sin, don't we? And uh, sin, a sin is a sin, you know, whether it's murder or a lie or steal, stealing something, it's all a sinner. Um, 
And we all need, we all need Jesus. Um, we need to accept that Jesus is the light to save us from the things we're doing wrong, to save us from the darkness, from the things that we do wrong. And I wonder this morning if we're worried about this light, who is Jesus, do we, do we uh, try to deny Jesus to, to, so, so our sins aren't exposed? I've been there myself. I was happy going out, uh, doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, uh, going out drinking and clubbing, um, smoking and swearing. I've done it myself. Um, and I didn't want to know Jesus. I turned my back on Jesus because I, was, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And if I accepted Jesus, then I would have to stop doing what I was doing. And I didn't want to do that. Um, and maybe, maybe we, we, we might see our friends and our families uh, who aren't Christians, maybe we think that they're out having the times of their life, they're out partying and, and gambling and, th and doing things that they're not. Um, the truth is, um, it might only last for, for 30, 40, 50 years. Um, what happens at the end of it all? We all know that, uh, that our lives are going to end at some point. Um, so if we're enjoying things of the world, you know, what, what, what gain is that if we uh, gain the world and, and, and lose our souls? That's what this verse in, in John is talking about. We don't want to know Jesus because we're fearful that our sins will be exposed. Just like the Jews in our passage, they wanted to kill Paul to shut him up. That's what it says in verse 3. They, um, they urgently requested Festus as a favour to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem while they were preparing an ambush to kill him. So it seems incredible that, you know, just because he was telling people about Jesus that, that they wanted to kill someone. It's, it's crazy, really, if you think about it, isn't it? Um, we read in John chapter 15. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world for i have chosen you out of the world that is why the world hates you and further on down if i had done no if i had not done among them what no one else did they would not be guilty of sin but now they have seen these miracles and yet they have hated both me and my father but this is so to fulfill what is written in their law they hate me without reason it seems incredible that people would hate Jesus and his followers, but it's still the, the situation today. Some of the hatred comes from religious people. Um, as we read in this passage in Acts, it, it's the Jews who don't like uh, Christ's people. Um, you know, we have conversations when we start door knocking. Um, people aren't interested in, in religion, and we're, we're not out to promote a religion. We're just out to talk to people about God and tell people that you can have a relationship with God. It's nothing to do with religion. Um, some, some, stick, some doors we come up to, they, they have a sticker on them that say, no religious people. So where do we stand there? Are we allowed to knock on the door? Or are they going to get cross if we knock on the door? Like I say, we're not about religion. We're, we're on about a relationship that we can have with, with God. He wants to have a relationship with us. So we can see that Paul's coming under attack. If we're willing to do God's work, we're likely to come under attack, aren't we? Um, it, it's because um, Paul's doing God's will why he's coming under attack. 
It says in uh, Acts chapter 9, we read that Paul's a chosen vessel of the Lord. He's uh, God's chosen Paul to go out to bear his name before Gentiles, before kings, and before the children of Israel. This is what God's, God's um, told Paul he will do. So this is what's happening. Paul is being obedient to God, and that's what he wants to do. God is using Paul to do his work. It's the Lord's work, and it, may, it might seem like Paul has been abandoned by God. It might seem that Paul's been abandoned in prison. But he hasn't because he's doing what God's told him to do. It's a great feeling doing God's work. Um, I can uh, testify for that. I've been doing it for a while now, going out and telling people about Jesus. It's, it's really great. Um, telling people what God's done for us. You know, many people struggle to see a God. You can see, uh, you know, there's been lots of terrible things happening over these last kind of 18 months. And people, people struggle to see that there's a God because of bad things that are going on in the world. And, some, you know, we don't always have the answers to that. Um, one of my answers I, I, I say to people is um, that sometimes God uses difficult situations to bring us closer to him. You know, we can look at Joseph in the Bible. He had some uh, brothers who hated him. They were jealous of him. Joseph was the favourite. And um, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. But God never gave up, never let Joseph, left him on his own. And in the end, Joseph ended up being a ruler. In, uh, in verse 4, we read, Festus answered, Paul is being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. So why? Why does Festus keep Paul in Caesarea? Well, maybe it was God's way of protecting Paul. Um, because we've already read that the Jews wanted to kill Paul. They wanted him to be uh, taken on this journey so that they could ambush him. So maybe that's God's way of protecting Paul. He's using the governor to protect him. This non-believer, this person who doesn't know Jesus, he's using him to protect him. Romans 13 tells us that, we, that all authorities are ordained by God. And we can see here, Festus, who is in authority, that God's using him to protect Paul. So I wonder, do we pray for our government and our leaders? Do we do it enough? Do we pray for our queen? Do we pray for our local MP? You know, we can see here how, how God's using the governor to, to protect Paul. And in the same way, if we are praying for our government, surely he can do the same for us. You know, we're coming under attack from all sorts of different uh, beliefs um, and we think laws are being changed. Uh, but we know that, put, that, that, that the Lord can, can, um, can help us can, through the government. So if we're praying for these people that are ordained by God, surely they'll uphold us and our beliefs and protect us. We should never stop praying. We should never give up. And we should make more time, more time in our personal lives and in our churches to pray more. 
So in verse 7, we read that the Jews stood about Paul. They came down from Jerusalem, stood around him, bringing many sinners charges against him, which they could not prove. So I suggest that this wasn't a, a nice little conversation they're having. It's probably more they, uh, they were more menacing and attempting to intimidate him. They were getting cross with him, maybe, saying all this stuff about him. And they weren't being very nice to him. But Paul's, Paul, Paul answered in a calm way. He didn't shout or get cross. But he was cool in the way that he answered. In, I think it's in verse 8. He answered, it just says, Paul made his defence. I have done nothing wrong. He didn't get cross. And there's a couple of verses in 1 Peter which say, But in your heart, reveal Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously, maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And how true is that? We can see in, in Paul, Paul's actions and the way he spoke that, that they, couldn't, they couldn't, you know, that Paul, was, Paul wasn't guilty. Um, there's a verse in Matthew chapter 10 says that I am sending you out like sheeps among, sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. So it, it matters how we act, doesn't it, and how we, we talk to people, especially when we're going through uh, difficult times and trials. Um, we read in Acts 23, to be encouraged during difficult times. Um, encourage Paul this is what the Lord says be encouraged Paul during Paul's difficult times the Lord is speaking to Paul and telling him to be encouraged or to be of good cheer through his faithfulness and Paul's good actions people will see he is different in the ways he acts and the way he talks so I wonder how do we act when we're going through difficult and frustrating times do we blame God do we say, where's God in this situation? Why would God let this happen to us? The way Paul answers in verse 8, he doesn't go shouting his mouth off and getting angry. His character and the way he's been living his life mean he's not guilty of what he's been accused of. So how do we act when we talk, when we talk around each other? And when we, when we meet up with people, do we say stuff we don't need to say or send text messages out that we don't need to, need to do? Do we need to think before we open our mouths? Um, look at Paul as a, as a good model. There's a book I've been reading for my uh, course. It's called, uh, it's called uh, Know and Tell the Gospel. And um, it says this, Apostle Paul is a good role model to follow. He tells the Corinthians this. And if I can find it, I'll tell you what he told them. <laughs> Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. 
In verse 5 we say, we read, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. So how do we become a good model? Well, it says in 2 Corinthians how we can do that. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that works us, that helps us to become a good model, to become like Paul or to become like Jesus. We need to ask this Holy Spirit to help us, to change us as we go out in the mornings to do our day-to-day jobs, as we come, along, come up to uh, difficult times during the day. We need to ask the Lord to help us. And uh, in verse 9, Festus wishing to do the Jews a favour. So we see that Paul, that um, Festus is possibly coming under coming under a bit of an attack from the, the Jewish leaders and maybe he's changed his mind. He's, he's wanting to please the Jews, maybe. He's getting a bit fed up of it, maybe. Um, verse 10, Paul is not afraid of death. Paul answered, I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done any wrong to the Jews, as yourself know very well. Paul's not afraid of dying, he's done nothing wrong. He's not moaning about having to go on another trial. He sees it as an opportunity to share the gospel again, to share the message of Jesus. As we see later on in the chapter, um, yeah, round about verse 13, he, he gets a chance to talk to King Agrippa and his wife, I think it's his wife, um, Bernice. So it's another opportunity yet again that Paul can share the love of the love of Christ with other people. And I wonder how do we react when we have trials ahead of us? Do we give up or can we learn from Paul's lesson here and Paul's attitude? Do we, can we dig deep and keep going and use our circumstances to tell others about the Lord? We have to look at things from God's perspective. He says he will make things work together for our good, doesn't he, in Romans? For we know God God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. So what we're going through in difficult times, we know that God's always there and he uses things to work together for his good. In verse 12, we read that uh, Festus says to Caesar that you must go because... uh, after Festus had conferred with his council, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you will go. And this, confirm, this confirms Paul, con, Paul's conviction from God in chapter 19. Um, it says, after all this happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia. I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. And this is... Uh, this confirms that, that this is what the Lord wants Paul to do and uh, this is what's going to happen. He's going to go. So, uh, so there we have it. Uh, I'm in prison for telling people about Jesus. To this day, there's still people being persecuted and thrown into prison and even murdered for believing in Jesus.
for doing what the Lord's commanded us to do. He commanded us to go out into the world and to tell people about him. So I wonder if we are ready to tell others. When we have an opportunity to tell people about Jesus, do, are we ready to give them, and give them an answer for our faith? Just a couple of minutes is all it takes just to give a reason. Can we do it? We all have a story to tell. How God changed our lives, it might not be a big story, it might just be a, just something small, but it's, it's, it's our story that no one can take away from us. God's changed our lives, and can we tell people about that? Are we ready to, to tell people? Maybe we should write it down and practice it, um, just so we're ready. So someone, if someone asks for a reason, you know, why do you go to church? What is it all about? We can tell them that we believe in God, he created us, he loves us. You know, what is it about Jesus that people are still risking their lives? Still to this day, people are risking imprisonment to tell people about Jesus. Surely there's something in it, isn't there? There's a quote, and I can't remember what it is. It's gone from my head. Uh, it's an old quote. If, if Christianity was a crime, would there be enough evidence to convict us? The way we act, the way we talk to people, can people see that that we are Christians, that we're different? Are we different in a in a good way? So I've just got four kind of as a conclusion, four points that that I think we can get from this passage. Uh, we need to pray for our leaders and for our government, as we've seen. You know, they they will protect us. We need to ask God to help us in our difficult situations and seek God in our struggles. You know, where is he in this situation when we're going through difficult times? What's going on? We need to be calm and humble and loving with our answers and do what is right so we can be found, can't, so we can't be found guilty. Like Paul wasn't guilty of what he was accused of. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to transform us and to guide us and give us the right words to say at the right time. Thank you very much.